Teachers, have you ever been stuck in a professional learning or development and told yourself, I already know this. Why <laughs> am I here? This is not only boring, but a waste of my time. Or what about when your administrator gave you some feedback and you thought to yourself, okay, whatever, next. I'm the one who is doing this every day. I am the mm -hmm. expert on what I need. Okay, teachers, I might be exaggerating your thoughts, my thoughts, a tad, but I can definitely relate. Me too. When those thoughts and feelings come up, that is the perfect moment to practice having a beginner's mind and not only practice it, but embrace it. Get ready for this podcast. Sure, we'll be sharing four simple approaches to free yourself from impossible expectations. And we'll be sharing so many stories of one we did not practice beginner's <laughs> mind and how we had to learn the hard way, how to get curious and free ourselves from the expectations around us and inside of us. Ooh, being an expert isn't a bad thing, but using beginner's mind will help you take one step at a time, let go of prejudgments and find a sense of inquiry where you welcome and focus the, on the questions, not just the answers. Let's get to today's episode, Beginner's Mind four simple approaches to free yourself from impossible expectations. Hello and welcome, I'm Joe Karlovsky. And I'm Jessica Bauer. We're two educators that are obsessed with growth. We're living the beauty of shifting behaviors and taking control of our mindset. And we wanna let you in on the magic and continue to bloom together. This podcast is inspired by Jennifer Gonzalez, we believe that everyone needs to find their marigolds. If you can find at least one marigold in your life and stay close to them, you will grow. Find more than one and you will positively thrive. Think of this podcast as a virtual workshop. We'll dig into tips, tools, and advice for personal, professional, and community growth. We share our learning through the lens of an educator because that's what we know, but these tools work for anyone. We'll also invite you to take action because change doesn't happen without it. And the best part of the podcast is that we're doing the work right alongside you. Let's dig in. This is the Marigold Force podcast. Time for the cleanse. The cleanse is an opportunity to pull yourself out of autopilot. Rather than mindlessly moving from one task to another, it's important to pause and check in with ourselves physically and mentally. So Jesse, how are you doing? And do you need anything? I'm just peachy. Nothing. <laughs> yep. Just that's yeah. how I am. Just doing, doing great over here. Peachy, peachy. Yeah. <laughs> how about you, Joel? <laughs> I also, I just feel content and peaceful and I'm okay with that because um, we just recorded this, the podcast on seasons and I think life is seasonal and also days are seasonal, weeks are seasonal. Mm -hmm. And I've learned that when I'm in a, in a, having a beautiful moment, don't resist it. It's okay. Just accept it. Yes. So, yes. Yeah. Well, I invite you to pause the podcast for a moment to check in with yourself. How are you feeling right now? Before we get to the learning today, I have something so near and dear to my heart that I want to share with you. Joel and I have created a free guide, six steps to a killer workflow. These steps have completely transformed my experience as an educator over the years. With this guide, you'll work through six key aspects I've identified in my own workflow and what I and Joel do to actually feel done working. 
Yes, it's possible to feel done. And taking your work home over the weekend is not in this guide. Head to the show notes to grab it now. You don't want to miss it. Jesse, before we get to the new strategy, I wanted to share the quote that I heard that led to the inspiration for this podcast. It's by the author of Zen Mind, Beginner's Mind, Shunru Shushuski, who described Shoshin, which is the Zen Buddhism's word for beginner's mind. He says, if your mind is empty, it is open to everything. In the beginner's mind, there are many possibilities, but in the expert's mind, there are few. Mm. Shoshin is a word from Zen Buddhism, meaning beginner's mind. It refers to having an attitude of openness, eagerness, and lack of preconceptions when studying a subject, even when studying at an advanced level, just as a beginner's, just as a beginner would. Mm-hmm. It made me think of me and you, Jesse, as elementary school teachers. We see it all the time in kids, that ability to see things for the first time through a fresh lens. And let's be honest, we also hear them practice beginner's <laughs> mind because if you've ever hung around a five to 10 year old, you know that they're full of questions, good questions, hilarious questions, deep questions, silly questions. There's full of them. Exactly. That's a huge part of having a beginner's mind. And side note, if you want to go deeply into beginner's mind, this is one simple step to doing that. But there are so many books, podcasts, and practices that go way deeper. We link to resource in the show notes, but we won't be offended if you do your own deep dive. So before we get to our key takeaways about beginner's mind, we want to be honest and real with all of you listening, because I know I've often struggled with beginner's mind. I definitely have maybe every single week. And I prepared a few questions for us to dig into where we've struggled. So Jesse, are you ready? Nope. But this is episode 28 of our second (laughs) season on the podcast. And I always get so nervous for these questions, but I'm always so grateful after talking through them together. Let's go. (laughs) So Jesse, with the truth, here are some questions. So share a few times when you didn't practice beginner's mind, when you weren't curious with an open mind, how did that work for you? And how did you feel about those experiences, Jesse? Um, every time that they tr- that we're rolling out like a new kind of curriculum or a new set of strategies or anything like really rooted in like teaching techniques and things like that, I struggle every single mm. time. Um, I don't know why that is, but I always resist with like, that will never work. Like that's not gonna work for my position. What's that gonna look like for me? Instead of coming in with, okay, I have all these questions and I want, I'm, I'm curious to hear what you think. I come, I come at it from like a place of negativity and already knowing it's not going to work in my setting. Yeah. How about you, Joel? Um, I think for me, it's when I tell myself stories like, oh, they're asking these questions because they get, want to get around something or do something else. And they don't want to mm-hmm. do the, you know, like mm-hmm. whenever I feel like it's whenever I, I do my own judgment of another person, I'm like, you're not really asking curious questions. You're just trying to like work around something. Yeah. And that's, that's when I know that I need to double down on curiosity and just saying like, ah, tell me more about that. What are you thinking? I'm thinking that you might be thinking this. Is that true? And like, 
because there's nothing wrong with, even if someone is trying to get around something like I can still use beginner's mind and get curious uh, with what they're trying to do or might be trying to do. So, and I could do the same with curriculum instead of like fight and teaching strategies and anything like that. Yeah. It's, I'm really just making it more painful for myself. Cause we're, we're doing the training, we're doing the learning, we're trying to yeah. implement this. So the only one that's going to be struggling is going to be me unless yeah. I shift and pivot some way. Well, and it's because it's my own story. Like, oh, so you must not think I'm an expert. And I'm yeah. like, but it's like yep. the whole point of beginner's mind is like, no one really is that expert, you know? So, yeah. so where do you struggle the most with having a beginner's mind? Why do you think that is Jesse? Um, I think it's just the more years you get under your belt teaching, you get your little, like, I'm an expert at this pant. Like you, so I, I always like have that lens of like, this isn't my first rodeo. And I think- and it's not even just teaching things like it's not even just curriculum or new strategies. It's like everything. Like I, I think the more years it get, it gets harder to do it. The more years of teaching you get under your belt. And I also struggle when it comes from the learning comes from a person who's no longer a classroom teacher. And I think there's yeah. some camaraderie in that. Like you're not here in the trenches doing the same things yeah. and knowing how this is going to look with kids. Like this looks beautiful in practice, but when we really get into the nitty gritty of like how to execute it, when's the last time you executed this with a five to 10 year olds? Yeah. And I think that that's another area where I really struggle. And if, if I, if I feel like someone's not fully in my shoes and is giving me advice with maybe 10 years out of the classroom, like, okay, things are different now. For sure. Yeah. How about you, Joel? Um, Similar, I think it's anytime I believe the lie that I'm an expert. Yeah. <laughs> because yeah. Yep. Um, I'm never going to be an expert. There's always many things that I can learn. And mm. and I confuse being competent at, at a lot of things with being an expert at a, a lot of things. And I think that, yeah, um, yeah, I struggle once once I tell myself, oh, they should know that I know what I'm doing. Or like, no, yeah. like- you got to prove that every day then if you're really an expert prove it so yeah uh, and why do you think it's important then to for you to embrace having a beginner's mind to make life a little bit more easy yeah I think the only like I said earlier I'm the only one who's really struggling and to embrace beginner's mind is just a way of letting go and just bringing a little bit more ease instead of constantly resisting everything. Cause if you fight against the beast of the education system, every step of the way yeah. you're going to burn, I've, I've burnt out trying to resist everything and it's just, it's more fun and lighthearted and easy. Yeah. And I want more ease. Yeah. What you <laughs> just said is what, yeah. yeah, what you just said is what I, where I was going to take it is beginner's mind for me is just more fun. Like it's yeah. not fun to think I know everything or it's not fun to just always do the same thing. It's, it's fun to get curious. It's fun to be playful with things. It's fun to reimagine things. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's definitely why I practice it. So thank you, Jesse. It's important for us to be real with all of our miracles that we are mm -hmm. doing this work with you all. We are both great at what we do and we are constantly needing to do and redo the work. It's a lifelong process. So now, mm -hmm. Jesse, let's get to the four simple approaches to free yourself from impossible expectations using beginner mind. We will share a step. We'll share what that step looks like for each of us. And we'll mm -hmm. share why we put that on the very goal force list. So you want to go with this first step? 
Yeah. So step number one is to let go of preconceptions of how things should be or Ugh. should happen. Those shoulds in there. Um, so this first step is important. Just that letting go of what you think is already not going to work and what needs to get dropped. Um, and just, and just letting that go because you can't move forward with the other steps until you let go of all those shoulds. Shoulds are really loaded questions and feelings of they're just loaded. And I know that that first step is really hard for me to kind of let go of that. Um, which is why it's great that it's that first step, just let it go. How about you, Joel? What does that look like for you? Yeah, it looks like fully embracing that. So I think that at times I, I, I go like halfway, I'm like, okay, I can let go of a few things. Yeah. If it's a different <laughs> year, you're right. We might have to be a little more flexible, but it needs, it should be this way. Like it yeah. should get done or whatever it is. <laughs> and, and usually it's with myself, like preconceptions of who I should be and how I should mm-hmm. be doing the work. And it's like, no, it's, it, it hinders my creativity. It hinders my curiosity. It hinders everything. Once I put up those should walls, you know, Yeah. which leads to step two, which is get your fill of curiosity. Uh And for me, um, this step is important because like curiosity is infinite. It's not a finite thing. Like you can always be more curious. You can always try to look at things through a new lens and again similar to what we were talking about before it's just more fun that way and it's and when you're around people who are curious it's contagious and it feels good Mm -hmm. and you're like oh my colleague's doing this like I want to try something new I want to freshen it up a little bit and for me it it looks like journaling it looks like just telling Mm -hmm. like I'll literally in my schedule schedule like dream sessions so I'll be like hey just like come and dream out for 30 minutes with me like I want to like reimagine professional learning or coaching or whatever and just inviting people to be curious instead of like 30 minute meeting to talk about professional learning like yeah having a dream session or dreaming out loud sounds way more fun than oh absolutely yeah what does it look like for you to get your fill of curiosity Um, getting full of curiosity looks like, um, again, dropping those stories. So I think getting curious of why is this really important and why is it coming up from that person's perspective? I know I can tend to go to a place of making assumptions that this person, they're just trying to make our life more difficult, like, or they're just like out to get me. And I Mm. tend to go to a negative place when new things are implemented and like, why are they forcing this? And I do genuinely, genuinely believe every single person comes from like a good place, a good place with good intentions. And I think that's what step two looks like for me, just like checking myself, like, why are you throwing this person into such a negative light? Like, first of all, they're not even in the room yet. You just read the email about it. Mm. Second of all, it must be coming from, I mean, they just have, they have just as many years of experience as you in a different realm. And they maybe wanted to put this into action because it's going to make your life easier. So that's what step two, just like pausing and checking myself. And before I go down that rabbit hole of what the heck. (laughs) So we have letting go of preconceptions. We Uh have getting our field of curiosity. What is step three? Step three is open up to fresh possibilities. So this one, I, again, like we'll go halfway to kind of similar how you do to number one. And then when I, but when I go the full way, like, oh, it could look this way. Yes. It might be more work up front, 
But whenever I found myself just being open to different ways of doing things, um, one, it's usually like a lot more fun and creative and like, oh my gosh, I've never thought about doing it that way. And oftentimes it, it ends up being easier than the original system I thought was like the only way to do something. So if you're not open to fresh possibilities, you just, you stay stuck doing the same thing. And I, and my stucks doing the same thing tends to be a lot of like extra steps because I overthink mm. everything. Whereas if I am open to fresh possibilities, my five-step system could be a two-step system that takes yeah. me half the time to get ready. Yeah. So that's why step three is important to me. <laughs> yeah. How about you, Joel? For me, yeah, similar. And the only caveat I would add, add on my part is opening up to fresh possibilities of failure and, or yeah. fresh possibilities of it not working out because part of fresh possibilities also means like, uh, that was a not mm -hmm. the best idea or whatever, and it didn't work. As, and but part of being on in the process of going to that freshness is being willing to say, I'd rather fail or whatever word you want to use, have it not work as, mm -hmm. as smoothly as some like the old tried and true method. Yeah. Um, I'd rather fail or have it not go well for the potential of having to be fresher and funner and freer. Yeah. Um, so for me, it's that idea of opening up to the possibilities of it going either way, but being okay with that, because that's better than being stuck in the way I've always done it. And I know I'm, I'm sure I'm not the only one that feels this way. I'm so afraid to like fail and every failed like day. I'm always like, Oh, that's one less learning day for the kids that I messed up. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a lot of weight that teachers can tend to carry on their shoulders that it's, it's good to hear. Like it's okay to fail. It's okay to fail. It's okay to fail. Yeah. Step four. And, if, and if we go deep and I'll go deep for like two seconds, which is <laughs> we do it, if we, if we keep doing it, how we've always done it and believe that it's, it's working for everybody. We're, we're lying. Then we're, we're telling yeah. ourselves like there's 20% of people who aren't in, engaged or learning or whatever. And we're like, uh, yeah, but I, I'll just be quiet about that. Like, no, like yeah. the fresh possibilities opens us up to like meeting everybody where they're at mm -hmm. and what they need. So mm -hmm. Which leads then that to the final step, which is just get playful, get playful with questions, get playful with thoughts, get playful with wondering. Um, this step again is important for me because life can already be so heavy. And when you say, hey, like, let's play, it sounds, it already welcomes the possibilities of what could be, yeah. it welcomes curiosity, it welcomes questions and thoughts, as opposed to let's have a meeting or let's, mm -hmm map this out together real quick, or let's do lesson plans together, or mm -hmm. let's work on asynchronous learning or whatever stuff people are <laughs> focusing on right now. Like when you're just like, let's, what would some playfulness look like? Um, and be willing to talk to students and colleagues about that too, and invite them into the process because often my best ideas come from others, not from myself. Oh. So being playful with, with yeah, others. Me too. What about you? Why is getting I playful important for you, Jesse? I think getting playful is a good way to kind of break the negative tension too. When like, when I, like I have a lot of questions or like, I don't know how to make this work. I'm the type of person that like takes twice as long to like learn something and fully understand what the point is and how it's supposed to be implemented. And I always like, Oh my gosh, am I the only one taking 12 years to figure this out? But when I like get it, like I get it, but I need like a lot of upfront and I have a lot of upfront questions. And I think the getting playful part is a way to like be really candid and say, so you're saying you want me to yeah. do this, but now I have my cart. Here it is. 
I'm moving around. Like, yeah. where do you want me to put these resources? Should I like hang them on my shirt? Like, how do you, <laughs> and then I'm going to be online. So after I'm <laughs> online, so it's a way to like bring in those, like, yeah, of course you haven't thought of all these things because you're not in my shoes, yeah. but I don't need to be a jerk and bring up in that way. But yeah, like, yeah. this is my current reality. Yeah. And I'm open. I'll go back to step two and step three, but like, these are my questions and concerns and I need to get them voiced in here or it's going to feel like we talked about toxic positivity. It's going to feel kind of toxic if I can't just, mm -hmm. I'm really worried about these parts and I don't know how to do this. And I, I just need to see it. I need to yeah. see. And if you have a way, show me the way. Love it. Before we get to a bonus step, quick recap is step one, let go of preconceptions of those shoulds. Step two is get your fill of curiosity. Step mm -hmm. three is open up to fresh possibilities. And step four is get playful with questions, thoughts, wonderings, et cetera. And the bonus step I had it because I struggle with this is just beware of storytelling. So for example, mm -hmm. a colleague being five minutes late to your meeting just might mean that that person is running behind, not the story. You might be telling yourself that they devalue you and they devalue your time so much. Mm -hmm. You feel disrespected and resentful. It's far easier sometimes to jump to conclusions than to assume the best of others, at least at first. But with time, it gets easier to treat each person in your life with openness and without expectations. And again, with a beginner's mind. So how mm -hmm. might, before you storytell, you get curious or say, huh, this is, how might I um, let go of that preconceptions of how things should be like, oh, yeah. we should start right now. We should be, you know, and maybe being playful, like you said, like, hey, like, <laughs> you know, like the wheels in your cart must have been stuck. Like, where have you been? And they're like, actually, like, I just had a little like one-on-one -on -one with the student and it was really important. Thank you. And you're like, oh, thanks awesome. for sharing that. Like, yeah. I'm glad I didn't story tell. Um, so now, Mary Golds, it's time for your action step. Grab your journal and write down one area of your life where you want to apply a beginner's mind. Start small. And if one area feels daunting, go smaller. It might be with one student, one colleague, one friend, or your partner. Write down your preconceptions of how things should be so you can get curious about those preconceptions and write down your curiosities. Then write down what might be fresh possibilities. And finally, get playful with your ideas and your next steps. Fill that journal up. Mm -hmm. There is no right or wrong way of doing this beginner's mind work. These notes are so important to help you start the practice of beginner's mind and make it more habitual. And trust us, if you're used to being good at things, at being an expert, this can be hard at first. That's a good thing. That means you're doing the work. Write and map out your personal steps to free yourself from impossible expectations using a beginner's mind. Do this now. And now it's time for commitments, inspirations, and celebrations. A big part of making true change through action is setting personal commitments, checking in with each other, and celebrating all of it along the way. All right, Jesse, mm -hmm. what are you committed to in the week ahead? I am committing specifically to step three of this approach, being open to fresh possibilities. Nice. What about you, Joel? I'm committed to the to? bonus bonus stuff. I definitely <laughs> added that because I need it, which is just be aware of storytelling and stop myself from storytelling and mm -hmm. 
an easy way to do that is to listen to others and say, tell me your story. Tell me, tell me a story, what's going on right now in, from your perspective. And it's always helps, but I, I tell myself it, it's too busy to do the, those steps. And it's yeah. like, no, it's way more time consuming to be in my thoughts, making up stories than it is just to like spend five minutes saying like, Hey, what's going on? Tell me yeah. a story, you know? So totally. inspirations inspirations um mine is a recipe for mexican tortilla soup it was like one that i had saved from years ago when i used to live in guatemala with my roommate becky and i haven't made it for like six years and i made it for ross last night and it was like a hit Yum. so just pulling out the old recipes super good very easy mexican tortilla soup it's linked in the show notes love it mine is How a book i read called um black buck by mateo ascaripur and um it just one of those books where it reads like it's nonfiction, but it's really mm-hmm. a fiction. So it feels so real. And I haven't been so drawn into a story in a while. So I also linked Black Buck in the show notes. And I also linked an interview with him too, if you want to just hear um, his own voice and the inspiration for the story. So it was really cool. Awesome. And what about celebrations? What are you celebrating? Warm weather. If you're in Minnesota, it yes. hit like 82 yesterday. It was heaven. And yeah sunshine celebrating all of it and all the the good feels that come with more sun, more vitamin d and warmth yeah <laughs> how are you joel same, same thing same thing and also <laughs> just it's fun you know we have a lot of plants at home and it's fun seeing how plants know even though they're inside like they go through that dormant stage usually mm-hmm. in winter they don't grow as much and now i'm seeing plants just have all this new growth because it's like they know it's in the air like they're like yep now it's my time so i love that um well, you'll find everything from this episode in our show notes. And we can't say it enough on the Marigold Forest podcast. True change only happens. With action. We'll see you next week on the Marigold Forest podcast. You did it. Another week of prioritizing yourself and taking action. Your community needs the best you and you're bringing it. If this podcast is making a difference in your life, consider sharing it with a friend or a colleague at your school. We're on a mission to help more teachers steer clear of burnout and we can't do it alone. Click that share button now. See you next week, dear Marigolds, and keep blooming. Keep blooming. Keep blooming.